from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Along with Brian Murphy, Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. Graham Hill is producing us. Let's dive right into it. Let's get right into the daily checkdown brought to you by Window Nation. Stanley Cup Finals Game 1 starts tomorrow. It is the Florida Panthers at the Vegas Golden Knights. You can actually listen to that right here on 99.9 The Fan. Now, I know the Carolina Hurricanes are not in it, Brian Murphy. Again, they're in there at the expense of the Carolina Hurricanes. It saddens and hurts my heart. But if Carolina, us as Raleigh, we, we see ourselves as a hockey market, right? We're hockey fans. I love the sport. I grew up playing it. I still play it. And if we want to continue to change the perception that this area is just a bunch of fly-by-night fans that really don't know hockey or whatever it is, that we it's not a hockey market. I think if we can continue to change that mindset by us as a small market, non-traditional market, can watch two non-traditional markets go at it in the Stanley Cup Finals and be invested as a, as just ca- as quote-unquote casual fans. I think that can help change the the mindset. If we want to change that mindset for us, we have to continue to change that mindset for others. Vegas Golden Knights hosting game one against the Florida Panthers. Vegas is favored in the series. As they should be. Um, Not a heavy, heavy favorite, Mm -hmm. but uh, not not as much a favorite as, as say, the Denver Nuggets are, but but a a favorite, a solid favorite. Um, We saw what the Panthers could do. If Kachuk and Borowski can continue to do what they did against the Carolina well, Panthers, they played in like over a week. I know it feels like a long time it's, ago. It's kind of like the Nuggets. It's been ten days. It'd be ten days since they last played. And I don't know who that advantage is. Like we always talk about, I don't, is it better to have you know the fresh legs or is it better to have the rhythm of playing? Miami had just played in the in the NBA Finals. They couldn't shoot very well last night. I don't know if that was the altitude. Um, obviously, long trip from from Sunrise, Florida, to, to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. This is going to be some racking up some cross country frequent flyer miles in this series. It, I'm, it should be a fun series, and I'm looking forward to seeing a franchise win their first Stanley Cup. And Vegas has only been around for six years, and they're back in the Stanley Cup Finals again, again. Which is pretty remarkable. We talked earlier about about betting, obviously a lot of gambling talk. Mm-hmm. Uh who who who's the favorite right now for the Con Smythe? Who who do you think takes home the Con Smythe? Oh, for playoff MVP, it's either going to come down to Bobrovsky or it's going to come down to Matthew Kachuk. I think. But that's if Florida wins. If Florida wins. Jonathan Marsha show for Las Vegas. He's scored. You talk about Matthew Kachuk, multiple game winners against the Carolina Hurricanes. Multiple game winners in overtime for Jonathan Marshall show for Vegas against Dallas. But like, that guy has just been a playoff machine, Jonathan Marshall show. Bobrovsky is is the favorite right now. Is he really? Yeah, with uh, with Kachuk behind him and, and Eichel, who's had a really oh, Jack good, Eichel, yeah. who's had a really good postseason. Also, plus four twenty five to to take the Conn Smythe Trophy for MVP. Next up, one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. You mentioned the Denver Nuggets NBA Finals. Game one was last night, 104-93. Denver Nuggets take down the Miami Heat in game one. Well-rested Denver Nuggets team having not played in 10 days. It seemed like yesterday that no matter what Miami did defensively, whether it was trying to double-team Jokic 
whether it was trying to go zone against him, that Denver was still able to get quality looks. Now, sometimes against the zone yesterday, Denver still got some really good looks. They just didn't make some shots, but they got quality looks and open looks. And it just goes to show you that no matter what offense, or no matter what defense you throw at Denver, they got some, they got an answer for you. Yeah, no question who the who the MVP of the NBA playoffs has been so far. Yeah, and will be. the The thought of Miami beating Denver four times in six games, which is what they'll have to do to win the NBA title, mm-hmm. just seems after watching last night game seems impossible. Yeah, uh, because as you said, they threw everything. They threw zone. They threw double teams. They threw all kinds of things at Jokic, and it, and it doesn't matter. He is able to dissect any defense they threw at him. I'm sure Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NBA, will come up with something. I just don't know if it's enough to slow down Denver because Jokic is so good. But they also have Jamal Murray. Yeah. They also have Aaron Gordon, who it looked like last night Miami did not have a big enough body to put on him to Mm -hmm. stop him. Michael Porter Jr., Brent Brown off the bench has had a terrific uh, postseason. It just seems like Denver has more answers. And when you watch Miami throughout the playoffs, they played the Knicks, who whose offense just stands around. They played Boston, who as good as Boston is, their offense just stands around, lets one guy try to win. This offense is so different. I'm not sure what the Heat ha- – they'll have to dig deep into their bag of tricks, I think. I, I think for them, what they need to do, in talking about terms of like – it's it's funny when you, when you hear the the adage of oh teams got to make an adjustment like okay well what 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 would that adjustment be to you sir I think it's when for example Bam Adebayo had 26 points yesterday the center shout out to Washington North Carolina where Bam Adebayo is from but he settled for a bunch of 14 foot jump shots against Jokic okay yeah he hit 13 shots yesterday but the team as a whole Miami attempted two free throws that's it. Just two. They actually took way more shots overall, again, because not having free throws, those shot attempts uh, were being counted against Miami. But because of all the the all the shot attempts put up, I think they put up over 17 more shots overall when we look at the box score than they did Denver yesterday. So I think for them, for, for example, Bam Adebayo, when you get that ball near the free throw line, you got to attack Jokic. Attack the cup, attack the rim. Pick up a couple fouls early against Jokic if you can, because guess what? That means you got to rotate him out. That's when you can really start making some hay on defense with Jokic out. You have to be more aggressive. You have to get to the rim. And you got to beat Denver in Denver. Nobody's been able to do that this postseason. If if Miami's going to win the title, they've got to win at least one game in Denver. It feels inevitable right now that that the Nuggets are going to win this. Jimmy Butler actually talked about the lack of free throw attempts for the Miami Heat yesterday. Probably because we shot a lot of jump shots myself, probably leading that pack instead of um, putting pressure on the rim, um, getting layups, getting to the free throw line. Uh, you know, when, when you look at it during the game, they all look like the right shots. And I'm not saying that we can't as a team make those, but got to get more layups, got to get more free throws. And um, whenever you miss and don't get back, the game gets out of hand kind of quickly. Um, we gave up too many layups, which we also can't have happen. Um, but that's that's it as a whole. We got to attack the rim a lot more, myself included. Yeah, look at fast break points. We're going to knock it back. Denver 46. Uh, sorry, uh, point, I'm talking, point, sorry, points in the paint. 46 points in the paint. It helps to have the two-time 46. MVP uh, seven-footer dominating the paint for you. Denver led as much as 24. All right, next up.
The SEC announced for 2024 for football, they announced that their schedule is going to be an eight-game conference schedule. Chickens. 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 They're, they're scared. They're oh, scared. Okay, they're chickens. Okay. No, they're, they're afraid to play themselves? Yeah. Now yeah. you're saying, hey, how, we're so good, we're afraid to play ourselves? How do you go to a 16-team 16 16-team conference and only play eight conference games? Great question. Chickens. The big, the big boys wanted to go to nine. It's the ones who are worried about bowl eligibility. Yeah, that say, whoa, 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 time out. I need, I need an extra game against, against sisters of the poor. Yeah, I need, I need that group. I need another group of five games. I need that automatic win. I need that home game, and I need to get to six and six so I can go to a bowl. Game. I need that matchup versus Ball State <laughs> that everyone is coveting. Now, how does this impact the ACC? Now, again, this is just for 2024 that the SEC is doing this. If they stick with an eight-game schedule moving forward. How does this impact the ACC? Well, if the SEC were to have a nine-game schedule, their three non-conference games, they would schedule one Power Five, which for a lot of a lot of these SEC teams, it's already built in against an ACC school. For example, Kentucky versus Louisville, Clemson versus South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State. Those kinds of games would still exist. But outside of that, they're not going to go ahead and schedule another ACC game. They're going to schedule a group of five, and they're going to schedule an FCS school is what they're going to do. Or they're going to schedule a really bad group of five as opposed to an FCS. That's what they're going to do. Like, they're going to go into the American, and they're going to they're going to try and schedule an East Carolina. Because, like, okay, like, it's a good group of five school, but we don't have to worry about losing to a power five, potentially. So the ACC has the opportunity to play more SEC games or games against SEC teams in the non-conference because the ACC itself also has – an eight-game conference schedule. So that helps the profile of the conference. So again, a conference football or college football playoff that is expanding to 12 teams. So if you have good non-conference schedule, that boosts the profile not only of your school, but the but of the ACC as a whole. Yeah, the SEC is protecting themselves, right? They're trying to. If you're Georgia and, and you got to play Texas and you got to play Alabama, do you also need to play Oklahoma or LSU? No. You know, because you might be able to afford two losses and still make the tournament, mm -hmm. still make the twelve-team you know playoff. I just feel like eventually this is going to change, and I and I think it's going to have an impact on on the ACC. Yeah, the the Big Ten is at nine conference games. The Pac-12 is at nine conference games. The Big Twelve is at nine conference games. The SEC, we'll see what they do. But who is the ACC going to play? Eventually, I think the ACC is going to have to go to nine conference games as well. Because there's simply not going to be enough opponents out there to fill out your schedule. Having Notre Dame play five teams helps. Yeah. Certainly helps. Um, and, and having that, that guaranteed rival game for a lot of members against an SEC team helps. But eventually, this may force the ACC's hand to go to nine. I know there are future games coming up. I know NC State and Florida have a, have a future date set up. Right. Does that get scrapped? Because if the if Florida's gonna sit there and say like, well, we got we gotta drop somebody because you know the SEC is making us play an extra conference game, so we saw back in 2020 with COVID that the schedules can be made up on, on the spot. One of the arguments some of the teams in the SEC made for not going to nine was all these non-conference games that we would have to cancel. We'd have to pay money to get out yeah, of these games. That's true. And and ESPN has decided at least at this point not to kick in extra money to the SEC for going from eight to nine. Mm -hmm. Feels like a leverage play. All right, we'll keep playing eight until the, until ESPN ponies up a little bit more money. Now, speaking of ESPN and networks, right now because the Big Ten doesn't have any ESPN or ABC time slots this upcoming season, right? 
So as far as I'm concerned, Brian Murphy, we're going to see a lot of ACC and SEC on prime time or in prime time slots, I should say, on ABC on network television. Yeah, just just look at the first three weeks, and that's what the ACC has put out. That's Mm -hmm. what the networks have put out. Week one, Virginia, Tennessee. Week two, Notre Dame, NC State, right here in Raleigh. That's going to be a big one. Week three, Boston College, Florida State. Those are the noon games on ABC. Uh, the first three weeks of the season. You look at primetime on ABC, 7.30 ABC. Week one, North Carolina versus South Carolina from Charlotte. On the Sunday night, Labor Day night, Florida State LSU. Week three, Pittsburgh against West Virginia. You go to you go to week two on ABC. You got that Notre Dame NC State games at noon. Miami, Texas A&M's at 3.30. I mean, those are primetime spots for the ACC that would have been, a lot of those would have been gobbled up by the Big Ten. This is a chance for the ACC to prove that, like, we're not just Clemson. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of other schools can can notch some significant non-conference wins. And if it does turn out just to be Clemson at the end of the year, well, Clemson will have beaten teams that beat these other teams. So, I mean, it's really good for the league if they can go do work in non-conference and, and do work on these big, you know, primetime or uh, showcase kind of types of, of games on the schedule. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. Sports betting is coming here to the state of North Carolina. By all accounts, Brian Murphy, it passed through the Senate. Looks like the House is going to concur with that next week. It's going to go to Roy Cooper. And by all indications from what he has said in the past, he's going to sign off on sports betting. It's going to be legal in the state of North Carolina. All right, cool. That's awesome. On to the next step. Okay, (laughs) what comes from that? There have been a lot. We had we had Philip Isley, chairman of the Centennial Authority, sitting right between us here earlier this afternoon about what potential things could happen at PNC. And two words that were really thrown out there a lot, enhancements and development. Enhancements being things taking place inside PNC Arena to help with fan experience, but also make things a little bit more amenable for concerts and other large events to come into PNC, Brian. A potentially like a third-floor bar. Where I, if I'm a Canes fan, I'm out there watching. I can't wait. I can sit at a bar on the third level and watch the game that way. That sounds like a lot of fun. But then the other word thrown out there, development, which is something the Carolina Hurricanes and owner Tom Dundon want to do. That's developing the area outside of PNC Arena. Yeah, probably the biggest news from that, and you can listen to the entire conversation uh, on our YouTube page or at the Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast. Yep. Um the biggest news to come out of that is Philip Isley said that within a matter of weeks, mm-hmm. there may be an agreement between the Hurricanes and Centennial Authority to ex- both extend the lease, uh, which runs out, I think, at the end of the 2029 season, and uh, to give some sort of development rights to the Carolina Hurricanes to develop in phases some of the land around PNC Arena. These are huge. That's a huge development. Those are things that. The Hurricanes have wanted for a really long time. Yeah. Sports betting plays a very minor role in this, in all that. Now, there will be a sports book at PNC Arena. The way the bill is crafted, and I've, I've covered this extensively, it does seem to open the door for not only a, a sports book at PNC Arena, but another one located within a half mile of PNC Arena. Um, be interesting to see if they decide to go the two sports book route or just decide to build maybe one big one. Um, do they end up competing against each other in some ways? They would be run by the same company. Yep. So you couldn't have the DraftKings Sportsbook over here and the FanDuel Sportsbook over there. Whoever gets the license out there with PNC Arena would have to run both books. Um, but, yeah, this is a huge, potentially huge development, not only sports gambling, but but 
an agreement to keep the Hurricanes in Raleigh for another dec- two decades, quarter of a century. One thing I'll, I'll add on the sports betting, uh, even if it gets passed next week and it, and it does look like it will and it will get signed into law, the soonest you'd be able to bet is January 8th yes. of 2024. And that's the soonest you'd be able to bet. It, it may be even later than that that uh, sports betting is up and running in the state of North Carolina. Uh, my guess is the Lottery Commission is already starting to get stuff in process in terms of laying out the the process for these sports books like a DraftKings FanDuel to buy their licenses and things along those lines. But development outside of PNC Arena, if I'm the Canes, and I, I if I'm them, I want a sports book outside the arena as well because if I build – a hotel or a restaurant or something like that, I can attach the sports book to that facility as well. Because if you stay at the hotel there, I'm like, oh, I can just walk downstairs and I can get some something to eat. Oh, there's a bunch of games on. I, I can just place a little cash bet here if I want to. That's an enticing thing to have. And we might, again, see an opportunity for NC State to possibly, possibly be involved in this in some way, shape, or form or benefit in this in some way, shape, or form, because they are a tenant of PNC Arena as well. Yeah, maybe we could talk about it later, but there are eight facilities in the state uh, under the criteria that's in the bill that would be allowed to open these sports books. Uh, the two in the triangle would be PNC Arena and Wake Med Soccer Park. Yeah. Because uh, they are home to the NWSL's uh, Carolina Courage. I don't know. I, I have not spoken with anyone at, at Wake Med. That is a different clientele. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to put in a sports book, but they would have the ability to put one in up to a half mile radius around uh, the facility out there. So maybe there's some development out there that would love to have a sports book. All right, next up. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one time with teachers with class sizes, like about 16 per teacher. You can really get that one-on-one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. More great news for Cary commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap way i'm just gonna say it's the college world series <laughs> it starts with 64 you're jumping ahead you're i'm jumping, jumping ahead. ahead it's the road to omaha <laughs> it's uh it's already taking place we had two matchups of uh of teams in the state of north carolina playing against each other uh with duke playing unc wilmington campbell playing nc state it sucks that both those games had to go to the state of South Carolina to be played. That's unfortunate because you had to go to South Carolina. Uh, these games should have been kept in North Carolina. But we do have final scores. Earlier this afternoon, we saw NC State beat Campbell 5-1 to one in that game. Campbell is now into the loser's bracket. They played the loser of, of Central Connecticut State and South Carolina. They played... The loser of that game tomorrow at noon, NC State gets the winner of that game. UNC Wilmington had an early lead against Duke, but they eventually fall 12-3 to the Blue Devils. So Duke will face the winner of 
Coastal Carolina and Ryder. Coastal Carolina, the host of that location, uh, of that regional. The loser of Ryder, Coastal Carolina, plays UNC Wilmington tomorrow. Again, that game is also at noon. Here's something to keep in mind as well. Wake Forest still has to play. They play tonight. Uh, They also have uh, tonight we also see – yeah, there's four games. I'm, like, I'm losing the game right I got off the top you, of my I got head. You. There's Sorry. four games tonight. East Carolina versus Oklahoma. East Carolina, that's right. Tennessee versus Charlotte. Um, UNC versus Iowa. That game is on ACC Network at 7 o'clock. And then the number one overall seed in the whole tournament, Wake Forest at home against George Mason in the in their first game in the in the Winston-Salem Regional. So uh, a lot of big baseball coming up for, for teams in the state tonight. I was scrolling through, looking through the lot, and my computer froze on me. I was like, <laughs> I know they're playing these games. That's the thing. There's there's eight schools in the state of North Carolina that are playing in, in, in the College World Series. I'm, I'm, again, I'm calling it the College World Series. <laughs> it's what it is. It's the College World Series. Like, we have March Madness, it's just the College World Series. It's just the College World Series. But North Carolina has an opportunity, I feel like, playing Iowa, they'll get Indiana State, a team that doesn't have quite the level of experience of postseason play. They had to come back against Wright State in their game earlier today. Again, Terre Haute, Indiana is the host where Indiana State is located. They're the host of that regional I think North Carolina can get through. We talked to Darren Vaught, our good friend, earlier this week from USA Baseball. He felt that the winner of Campbell and NC State, in this which case NC State today, has a legit chance of not only getting through that regional into a super regional, but really can find their way into Omaha. Campbell has a tough road. They're a really, really good team. They got a tough road ahead. Yeah, when you lose that first game in these in this regional round, it it really is a long slog. You've got to use a lot of pitchers to get through it. They've got to win four games in a row uh, yeah. to to get out of here now. Uh, it really is is tough if you lose that first game to get back to to where you want to be. Yeah, because you're gonna have to yeah, you have to win multiple games. Potentially, might have to do a doubleheader on one of these days to win again. Win multiple games because yeah, for for example, if Campbell. Let's say Ryder loses to South Carolina, okay? Ryder being the the four seed in that region. Okay, Campbell has to beat Ryder. Then they have to, to beat the loser of NC State, South, South Carolina. Carolina, which so they could potentially play NC State again. Now you have to get through that game. Then you got to win two more. Right. You got to win two more. Like you said, four wins. That's why winning on day one in the regional, so vital. Yeah, and, and, and it – you know, both Iowa and UNC are sending kind of their number two starters out there, mm-hmm. uh, holding back the aces, I guess, for Indiana State. Um, it, it, there are a lot of strategy here. You know, I know LSU's throwing the, – they're the number one seed in theirs. They're throwing their ace, probably the, likely number one pick in the MLB draft. They're throwing him tonight rather than save him for tomorrow. It really does – it is a game of strategy here for, for the for the managers trying to decide, you know, do you use your best, your best ace in the first game – or depending on who you've got to play on the second day, or is it better just, hey, let's make sure we get a win so we don't have to face that you know four-win situation. Yeah. Um, and, and then by the end of the weekend, you'll see the scores rise because teams are exhausted. Their pitching staff is just about used up. And so when you get to those final games on Sunday, the scores in the College World Series or, or now you got me calling it the College World Series. It's the College World Series, Brian. It's the College World Series, Brian Murphy. Uh, the, the scores will go up in this regional because pitching staffs get exhausted by Sunday and, and if any of these extended to Monday. I can see the the mindset of you want to use maybe your ace in game one, like you said, to, to go ahead and, and not have to worry about having to win four straight. But 
if that starter can go deep into the game, get seven innings, you don't have to get to your bullpen super early in the regional. Your bullpen is well-rested and ready to go. For example, you look at what NC State did today in terms of their pitching staff. They only had to use three pitchers today. Their starter only went four and a third, pitched seven, had 71 pitches, but they only had to use two guys coming out of the bullpen, uh, which is vital, again, this time of year, having right. those arms. And Duke getting a big 12-3 to three win means they probably didn't have to go to their A, a number one bullpen guys able to rest arrest a few guys and, and know that tomorrow they're going to have a big game likely against Coastal Carolina. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 